In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Good morning, Amy. Um, well, for me, it's morning. For you, it's night. Good um, evening. <laughs> uh, I'm saying good morning because whenever now when I record, I'm like always staring. I suppose this has always been true, but like I'm right next to a very large window and always like I'm just getting a lot of whatever is happening outside in my eyes, um, which is how windows work. Ooh, that would be distracting. <laughs> um, I would just really get lost in, like, people watching if that was Well, I'm above doing. street level, luckily. Um, oh, okay. So I okay. usually, it'll be like, however, because I have a balcony, sometimes a bird is on there. Um, mm. I don't know if they've got squirrels in this country, but maybe they have a similar type of thing. Wait, What? <laughs> I don't they know don't if they have, have squirrels. squirrels there. They might not. I, they pro- Actually, I think they don't. I've not seen that's one. That's wild. I know. Weird, huh? Um, I mean, I would say that that's great, but they have a lot of other scary things there. They so. have a lot of various stuff. I'm just surprised because usually, like, each environment, even if it doesn't have, like, the exact same stuff, it has, like, a similar thing that a version is of it. the role of that thing. And mm-hmm. I'm surprised that I've not seen anything like a squirrel or a chipmunk or similar. Um, a street rat, maybe. Oh, I'm sure. I I am sure there's rats aplenty. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, uh, but I I have not yet seen like the cuter small furry animals that I would yeah. expect to see. Yeah. But let's leave aside furry cute animals for a moment. And my real question to start today off, and I I can't remember if I've asked now this is my new thing of being like I can't remember if I've asked you this before. Um but And I don't remember if you have either, so it works yeah. out. So like this movie that we're talking about this week, I would say in general, um doesn't give you a lot to work with in the opening questions realm um but what I found myself thinking about was when you just hear the word alien and you maybe hear the message the aliens have landed what when you like in your mind what does that alien look like well I mean I think I think pretty stereotypical, like, what we see in most movies, I'll say, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is like, little gray or green men with, like, um, teardrop-shaped heads and mm-hmm. big black eyes. Okay. That's, like, I mean, that's just, yeah, even though I... Even though I like know that that's probably inaccurate. I mean, who's to I say? Do still, we, as far as we yeah, know, we've that's never ha- we don't know anything about what and even an alien would be. And even though I guess, yeah, and even though I guess, actually, in multiple movies, that's not what they show. Um, I don't know why that still like would that would be sort of my first. Now, maybe that's because I would hope. I feel yeah, like that's that's the, like a it's familiar. The most human, it's the most, feeling yeah but what I was gonna ask as well is like now are you picturing like a little short one or like a very very tall one I'm picturing a nice cute little short one got it okay (laughs) like I'm picturing the most um uh, (laughs) non-threatening version of the scenario if like basically like leprechauns or smurfs but 
an alien. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Got it. But what were you also <laughs> going to say? Oh, I was going to say that um, I definitely wouldn't picture what happened, what we see in this movie. Yep. Um, because that that would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah. Um, and there are there are so many representations of different kinds of aliens in movies, but I just I like the one that. Yeah, I get. I don't remember what I was going to say to be honest, but I just I like the more humanoid version sure. of them. Sure. Yeah, and I find myself being was while you were talking, I was like. And what if, no matter what form it takes, like, they can't be in our atmosphere without some kind of, like, protective gear, and if we didn't know any better, would we think the gear is what they look like? You know, like... Mm, that's... A, um, and would they know to put on gear? Like, I don't... I mean, if they come also, here, they've I mean, I, probably figured that out. Um, because, like... I know, which is also wild to me. Because, like, the whole thing is, like, if they came and landed here, they are at way more advanced than us. So yeah. they would have done whatever, that. like, thing they would have needed to do to figure out, like, can we survive in that environment? Yeah. And if not, what would we need to do to be able to like, be there? For- Right. Like, for example, in, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know in Men in Black, they act like the disguises are for, you know, fitting in, blending in. But in another movie, perhaps it might be explained or described. Right. That's as like your that's space their, suit. Their it's armor. Like, or, yeah. Yeah. Their space yeah. suit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, except like this space, is my human form because yeah. this is what. Yeah. Space is Earth and Earth needs a space yeah. suit. And my spacesuit is yeah. designed to look like a human being so that then I can yeah. go about my business uh, un- right. undisturbed. I think you've really latched on. You've, like, gotten into a, probably what is a conspiracy on the Internet right now. Uh, I don't even think... What is that? That we that live the, among aliens? <laughs> that aliens are here, that, the, that their human forms are spacesuits protecting them, um, and... I don't even think you'd have to look that far on the internet. No, to find I'm sure. That. No, I don't think so. Cause, and I don't know that I don't believe that. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, I don't. Oh, oh no! But at the same, but the, <laughs> but at the same time, I have lots of questions about this movie and mm. uh, and about. But I guess it's not so much about, like, believing it could happen. Just, like, certain facets of the specifics of what happened in this movie. There were actually quite a few things I didn't follow. Okay. Well, then. Good transition. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Hello, everyone. I keep wanting to say good morning. But hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I'm Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my sister and co-host, Amy Walsh. And Amy, why don't you say what we're talking about this week? Yeah, we're talking about a movie from 2016, which I am also surprised it's that long ago. I could have sworn this came out more recently. Um, And it is Arrival, Mm -hmm. which I also believe, if I remember correctly, was either nominated and or won some Oscars. It was, like, pretty well-received, if I... It was nominated for a number of them. Let me see. I have the Wikipedia page up, and it will tell me um, accolades, awards, and nominations. Um, So for the Oscars, um, it won an Oscar for Best Sound Editing but was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, um, Best yeah, Adapted so. Screenplay. Um, so it, it was up there um, yeah. for things. And uh, Amy Adams was nominated for... Yeah, she was nominated. Golden Globe um, for her Okay, role. okay. Um, so yeah, this was okay. extremely well-received. I would say that this was kind of... Now I want to just check something out briefly because 
This was in the, ah, uh, yes. So Get Out was the following year. Um, wow. So Wait a second. I am all messed up in terms of timeline because <laughs> already, which is, a, which is um, uh, foreshadowing to the rest of <laughs> this movie. But Good like, <laughs> but whoa, I would have... If you asked me and said, like, I will give you $100 if you tell me which came out first, Get Out or Arrival, that would be random. But yeah. I would have definitely said that. Get Out was first. Get Out. Yeah. 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 But what I was going to say, and that's why I wanted to check that, is um, I feel as though this movie, Get Out, and some others were perhaps the start of now what we're seeing really, like, kind of mature and come to fruition which is like can we take this genre which genre films in general have been poo-pooed for quite a long time um as like kind of the realm of jerks and idiots you know and whatever um Mm -hmm. and like can we and if we were to do it seriously what would we get out of it you know um Mm -hmm. And in this case, and I think it's interesting how both of those movies kind of approached that question because what I would say Arrival kind of showed to people who maybe were not familiar with science fiction is that science fiction um, is a genre that can be as much about like emotions and feelings and um, kind of the soft side of human experience it doesn't have to just be about like weird technology or you know whatever. Um, like yeah, there was nary a space problem in this movie. There was not one space problem really, except at the very start when they were trying to figure out if it was like physically safe for them to be in the ship. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there were problems, but there it wasn't. I was expecting more um, conflict, I guess, like or, like, oopsie-daisies, like, with the aliens themselves or things like that. Like, really, the story is not even about the aliens. The story is about Louise and her life, you know? Um, Right. And so that, I think, is, like, what's interesting about kind of this movie in general. And then, as I said, it, it seems like it was part of a growing kind of emerging trend that we're taking genre films um and showing that they can be as useful as vehicles to tell you know serious stories as any any kind of true i guess like maybe more literary style drama right that has has been kind of the big oscar winning stuff of the past because mm-hmm. i do remember when this came out it was this big Similar to Get Out, that's why I thought of it, like, like this revelation to people who weren't familiar with science fiction that maybe science fiction can be good and maybe it can, <laughs> like, and maybe it can tell serious stories, right? You know, and then the following year, the same I mean, thing. any genre, yeah, I think any genre has the potential to be good. Right. I think, you know, obviously you any singular person has their preferences and what, you know, things they like to see or stories and the way things are told. But um, evidenced by this podcast, there it, it runs the gamut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just as I'm like, yeah, even like a literary genre or not a genre, but like a more quote unquote serious movie, um, it might not be bad in quite the same way because like it's got good production values and like, you know, whatever. But it can, mm-hmm. it can just as equally be like, I saw it the once. I have no interest in seeing it again. I didn't care for oh, it. Oh sure, you know, like oh. Um, so it's, in case in case anyone was confused, there are a lot more movies I don't like that aren't science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's not only science fiction that I don't right. like. I have right. I'm an equal opportunity hater. That's for sure. Um, so in this case, just like, I actually, surprisingly, there wasn't very much about this movie in terms of like the production, um, story or like, it seemed like it was just one of those things that where, um, people kind of knew that it was going to work out, I guess. Um, 
It's based, mm. I didn't know this, it's based on a short story from 1998 called Story of Your Life um, by Ted Chiang. Um, and that's like kind of the source material, but my understanding is, is that um, the movie really is quite a departure from however that story works. I mean, like, it's kind of the inspiration mm-hmm. for this, but it there's mm-hmm. some significant differences. Um, mm. And then I thought this was kind of funny. The director who, I forget his first name, his last name is Villeneuve, or Villeneuve, probably. Um, what is his name? Dennis. Um, he... He really liked the story and he wanted to work on a screenplay, but he didn't want to keep it being story of your life because he was like, that sounds like a romantic comedy. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. It does. Well, it sounds it sounds like or a me, game it sounds show. actually more like a romantic drama or something. Like Yeah, like it sounds definitely one that I would avoid. Like if I saw the title Story of Your Life, I'd be like, get me out of here. I don't want to watch that. Like, <laughs> it definitely it definitely like sounds like a sad lady film. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, that's what I get. A sad that's what lady I get from film. It. Story of your life. <laughs> Someone's got cancer in that. For yeah. sure. And there yeah. is somebody who has cancer in this. Yeah, like, I'm, um, well, the, well, what it sounds what it sounds like is this movie without the alien stuff. Yes. Like if you yeah, took yeah. all that away and like focused on her life story. Yes. That is what, what I picture. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank God there are these aliens, because otherwise you would not. So the get aliens me, come in. <laughs> yeah. Like you would not get me to cross the threshold of this movie theater if it didn't have aliens in it. Um, yeah, the aliens are a little bit of comic relief, if you will. <laughs> yeah, super comic relief, super fun. But as is a, as I told you in text when I watched it earlier this week, this elicited an emotional response in me that, like, I think would be the like would be the point of this movie without aliens as well. Like, the whole point is to yeah. like have this like um kind of emotional catharsis when you realize what's happened right um see now i missed out on that because i was in like a confused state so i I didn't feel (laughs) i I didn't feel the release because i was still trying to piece it together in my mind okay so it, I didn't get that experience, but I understand it. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to the end. And admittedly, yeah. I was in a bit of a sensitive place, but like I do think that was kind <laughs> of the point. Um, yeah. But so I all like there's again not much to say here, but I thought it's worth mentioning that um, they did hire a number of different linguists to create the language that the aliens use. That is like kind of the central um, feature of the story. Yeah. Um, and then I guess I'll save this last little bit to when we get to the end, um, which is like the words that Amy Adams says to the general to kind of like tie the whole story together. I'll save that to the end because they ended up deciding uh, not to like they you hear. Do they them, say that in English in the movies? No. In the movie, the, I mean. No, the general tells her in Chinese, and they and don't supposed to know that? translate it. Um, no, that I don't. Interesting. I don't think because I I feel like I actually read about this on the Wikipedia page. Like um, Denis Villeneuve, do they expect us all to be linguists? No, in the audience? no. He was like, oh, it like it would have been nice if they had provided the subtitle. But he didn't think it really mattered because it wasn't so much about what the words meant. It was just that, like, she was able to say them to this guy at an important yeah. moment. Kind of yeah, thing. I guess I didn't really think about it in, in the watching. I wasn't like, oh, I'm, I wish I knew that. I do have, I will say, some of my questions have a lot to do with linguistics. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let me hold on. Let me fire up. <laughs> A good old Wikipedia page about linguistics so I can um, learn with you <laughs> what they well, are and how to do them. Yeah. Um, well, it's more like I'm curious. Well, we'll get to it. But I'm just like kind of curious about linguists in general like mm. and their 
abilities and are you saying like could she really have done this kind of and like would this is this believable that that that. is the type of person they would seek I mean yeah I'm just curious we'll 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 chat about it but I feel like we'll get there perhaps um Okay. In terms of the cast, really all we need to talk about is Amy Adams because though Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker are also in this movie, um, we don't care about them. I would say they are. They might have like ten lines between them. Like, um, yeah, and I like them both. I think they're both good. I mean, yeah, Forrest Whitaker. I really, I, just, I, I like, I love him. I don't know why. Yeah, I like him too. And I had seen this movie before, like ages ago. But I had forgotten both Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker were in it, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Um, and so when I saw Forrest Whitaker, I was like, oh, man, I love this guy. And, like, he he's one of those actors who's always, like, a value add. Like, yeah. he's always going to make a movie better no matter yeah. what And he, is. like, he always plays a guy that I like, which is weird to say, and probably... I don't, I've not seen everything he's in, so maybe that's incorrect. But, like, even in movies where he plays a literal criminal, right. I, like, like him. Yeah, and in this um, one, I especially liked, he was, like, quite a no-nonsense guy, mm-hmm. um, which there was something about the dryness of what he was, like, he just mm-hmm. had that vibe, which I makes sense in the context of what happens in this movie. He just always seemed tired, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I like, think people who work for like intelligence agencies and so I feel like they would be tired. No, yeah, like, I, and especially so this, in a situation this type like of this, work seems like, exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of Amy Adams, she plays a character called Louise Banks. Amy Adams was forty-two when this movie came out. She's older than I realized, actually. Um, which is not to say she's mm. old. I just, she was born in 1974, which I was like, oh, wow. Like, I thought she was closer to my age. Um, I guess I did too. Yeah. But so in terms of what is intriguing about her to me, um, she was born in Italy because um, her dad is like an army guy. They move around mm. a lot when she's a kid. Um, she's also from a Mormon background. Um Which doesn't surprise me per se, because when I learned that, I was like, oh, yeah, she looks like she could be Mormon. Um, Though I couldn't entirely tell you what that means or, like, you know. Um, Like, very white, I feel like. Well, certainly (laughs) That's what I think of. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And she's that. Uh, Yeah. And so some of the things I thought that were interesting is that, so she started out as a dancer um, and... And as a result of that, apparently did quite a lot of dinner theater um, in the Midwest where she spent most of, like, her teens into early adulthood years. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was just like, dinner theater in the Midwest. What might that be I can picture it. Oh, I can picture it. Like, what are you picturing? How how many sausage dinners and, like, Salisbury steaks are you picturing in this scenario? (laughs) I'm actually... I'm actually, like, wishing I was in, like, uh, Kankakee, Illinois, going to see Greece. Wait. At a dinner theater what? right now. Did you say Kankakee, Illinois? <laughs> I said Kankakee. I think it's just, like, a random town in Illinois that I know the name of. That um, is a weird... I'm surprised you didn't say somewhere like Kenosha. Um, I was trying to think of something super Midwestern or like if that's the only thing that could come to my mind and like that was sounded like small towny. Um, yeah. But I would love to go to a dinner. Th- I've actually never been to a dinner theater other than like um, ones more in the South that are, mm. I wouldn't even really call it a dinner theater, more like, you know, like the, shoot, I don't know what they would call it, but like. The mystery the, dinner um, kind of shit. I've done that too, but like, no, the ones where it's like, they do like log rolling and like tricks and craziness, and it's like, oh my god, that sounds like a circus. Did you go to the? Oh, it's like a lumber. It's like lumberjack. No, it's like the like lumberjack theaters. They have a bunch of them in in like Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. They're very fun. That Um, is, 
I'm gonna. So that's need more to, what I'm picturing, or like a medieval I'm gonna type need of to dinner, those type of ones. Sit with the idea of a lumberjack theater for rather a while. Oh, it's um. Oh, it's it's kind of fun. Like the if you go to like the real for real ones, they're like actual lumberjacks. They like actually do the like. Uh, tree climbing thing that they do sure, they like yeah, actually yeah. saw wood like it's intense but oh, anyway, you know what um, you know why it's like that you know why they have that in Tennessee it's because a whole bunch of Scottish people moved to Appalachia and so because Scottish people oh, really? do yeah Scottish people have weird competitions that are like I forget what they're called but like let's call them like like great, lumberjack competitions they're called like great man competitions and they literally like throw yeah. logs to see who can throw a log yeah. the farthest and stuff like that. Yeah, it's stuff like that. Yeah, it is it's exactly stuff like that. And I mean, they have silly ones that are like the this family versus that family and they do like silly whatever, it doesn't matter. Oh my god. But so that that's the kind of like quote unquote dinner theater I've been to. I've never been to like a proper like sit inside where they do like a full-on like musical show like you know yeah I think that sounds great and actually for Amy Adams I think it feeds into her first role that I remember her as I wasn't sure if it was her actual first credit or not but in Drop Dead Gorgeous she plays like someone in being in a pageant and I remember very distinctly like she has the best high kick and stuff like that like right yeah because she's a dancer and I think her character is even like this weird kind of like slutty one and then she like goes on to be a stripper right like um yeah yeah. she's like a cheerleader yeah. yeah yeah that's her first credit and so in fact like um so let's see I think Drop Dead Gorgeous was like 97 or 98 ish but, like, um, so she would have been older than a lot of the other girls in that movie um, already. But she looked really, she looked, she looked young, real young. And you she know. was, like. She was super skinny. She I was remember. super blonde in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. She also was in a movie that I occasionally like to watch. But is when I do, it means something's gone horribly wrong in my life. Um, which is <laughs> Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. Sometimes you need to watch a movie that is so Whoa. stupid. Um, because your life is really sucky at the moment, so you, like, need to watch it. So whenever I'm watching that wow, movie, something is really going wrong with me. Um, that is a little dark. I mean, that's definitely dark because I love Tenacious D, and, I like, I love their music, but I don't think I would ever <laughs> um, choose to sit down and watch their movie. Uh, Do you think I would like it? Yeah, I think you probably would. A lot of their songs are in mm. the movie. Um uh-huh. Fun oh. fact, I went to see that movie in the theater when it came out because um, I was in a bit of a Tenacious D hole at that time, which would have been, honestly, 2006. Like, um, Well, they were really big. Like, I mean, their album, maybe I'm crazy, yeah. but I feel like their album was like kind of a I saw them in concert this same year. At a this point. I saw them in Did concert. Did you really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't. I'm. It turns out I'm a real TD head. Um, You're a connoisseur. Like, <laughs> um, and, what, and what's and what's so funny about Tenacious D is that they are just like. I love Jack Black, and I don't even know the other guy's name, Kyle. Yeah, and Kyle like, Gage. Okay, they're just old. Dorky white men. (laughs) Oh, yes. Absolutely. It's just very funny that they... It's just very funny that that's, like... I mean, actually, and specifically Kyle, because, you know, Jack Black is Jack Black. But, like, the other one is very funny Um, to me. P.S. He's just, like, an old dude. Yeah. Also, P.S., um, recently watched Biodome just on my own time for kicks. Um, and that is the yikes. first time. Stop saying yikes about all the things I do when I'm on my own. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> listen, this is the whole thing. This is why single people feel attacked at every moment of the day. Cause when, <laughs> when we reveal some kind of thing about our private interior lives, people in couples are like, Jesus Christ. Like, 
Is that? It has nothing to do with being a being a couple or not. <laughs> I was just saying yikes because it's biodome, and I and it's not even a yikes in any type of judgment. I would definitely. I. It's not like it I'm sitting here watching Citizen Kane. Film. It was a pleasant film. Yeah, I had I'm a sure. good time. Um, but that is the that's the I first watch a, time. I watch a lot of garbage, so I yeah. am not judging. Um, but I was just going to say to round out the ten- tenacious D talk, that is their first appearance <laughs> is in that movie. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, then maybe I will have to watch it. It's pretty that's good. Funny. It's pretty good because it also has oh, um, who's that girl who was like so popular? Joey Lauren Adams is in it as well. Okay. Um. Hmm. Yeah, That's so of inter- returning back to Amy Adams, though, of course, what we all know that she really had her breakout role was Enchanted, um, which I think mm. is probably, that must be like 2007, 2008-ish, I want to say. Um, well, what's so, f- what's hilarious about, I don't know, like, what's hilarious about the credits you have here for her is that she's been nominated for, like, a lot of Oscars. Yeah. And you don't have any of her Oscar-nominated movies on here. Well, no, because people know those ones, and who cares about that? Like, I know, I know. Um, but I know, it's just very funny, like, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Tenacious D. Yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about this stuff that was, like, actually good. No. I mean, we can also talk about, if you want to talk about the stuff that she's in that isn't good, we could talk about Hillbilly Elegy, we could talk about The Woman in the Window, um oh how dare you i was gonna say like i've not seen hillbilly elegy so i'll breeze past that don't know uh woman in the window i was actually thinking while i was watching this one i was like (sighs) sometimes when she was drinking wine there's only maybe a couple times i was like hmm woman in the window it was giving me like woman in the window vibes like oh for sure i love that movie i i know that I know that it's like there was a whole damn show that like made fun of it, but yes. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, no, I enjoyed it for and what it was. And she was good in it. Because it was like, it was just a Rear Window remake. And I like Rear Window. Yeah. So like, this was fine. Yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, and it's melodramatic. It's all yeah. those things. But like. But what I was going to say that is really interesting when you look at her credit list. Is like, so she has this enchanted thing that kind of puts everybody, her on everybody's radar. And almost Mm -hmm. immediately she jumps out of, because up until that point, she's got very kind of low tier credits um, and a bit of like kind of just random rom-com stuff going on. You know, like all this sort of thing Mm -hmm. you would expect from a cute girl who's in her, like, 20s or whatever. You know, like... Right, she was also on The Office. Remember when she was on the first season of The Office? Oh, yeah, that is here. Um, so, anyway, but then after Enchanted, she starts making in into this thing that she hit, as you point out rightly, where she becomes this, like, powerhouse of, like... Yeah. Great roles. She's in Doubt. Um, she's in mm-hmm. uh, The Fighter, I think, is a good one from that era. Love that one. Um, she's in Her. Mm-hmm. She's in American Hustle. She's in Big mm-hmm. Eyes. You I know, like, remember her in Her. I think yeah, she's, she's in so many things. Yeah. And so she, like, really jumps up in a kind of striking way um, into mm-hmm. this, like, upper echelon of Hollywood actors um i mean she still does mm-hmm. a bit of weird fun shit and like rom com stuff like leap year and julia and julia she's in the shittier part of julia and julia yeah, right. in my opinion um <laughs> and actually someone doesn't she play julia child no she plays the blogger who goes through oh, julia child right yeah oh, and right of um, course, I I feel like I remember at the time someone saying that there had been a cut made on YouTube to just do the Julia Child part of a movie, which everyone was like, "That's the good part of the movie." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I forgot because that's that's Meryl Streep played yes. that, right? Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, on, but she, so she'll still do a bit of that, you know. But like, she really moves into this quite fancy land. Um, mm-hmm. of being a very well-known fancy actress. However, intriguingly, coming out at some time this year, um, she there's a Disenchanted movie 
um, where oh, yeah. she's going to play that same character again. So I, I'm wondering what that's that's kind of fun. About. Um, and I think there's like there's like an evil someone that's who's cool. in it. I feel like yeah, of course yeah. there must be. Um, also, I'm just noticing here she's in pre-production for a a movie, I presume called Night Bitch. And Ooh. boy, oh boy, do I want to know. Spelled. No, it's spelled N-I-G-H-T. So like nighttime. Okay. Um, A nighttime bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, I really am curious what Night Bitch is about. Yeah. Um, oh, whoa. Oh, oh my God. It's a horror movie. The description on IMDb is... A stay-at-home mom begins to worry that she may be turning into a dog. Wow. Oh, boy. I don't know Whoa. what that means. Oh, okay. So, wow. It says, okay, I've just had so many, like, uh, internal, like, flips in my head because you said night, bitch. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, are we saying, like, night or, I don't know, <laughs> night, like, n- night. And then you said... It's a horror movie. So then in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to add a comma. It's like, good night, night bitch. bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, one like, word. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's, she's becoming a bitch, a literal bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's wow. a literal bitch at night. She's a figurative bitch in the office, ladies and gentlemen. But um, <laughs> Wow, that is wild. Um, oh, and I realized I forgot to say what the IMDb um, description of this movie is. It says, a linguist works with the military to communicate with alien life forms after 12 mysterious spacecraft appear around the world. So that's what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so let's just dive right in. Um, yeah. So uh, we start in Louise's home, and we start with a voiceover from Louise that says, I used to think this was the beginning of your story, and we see her with a tiny baby um, and then a little girl, and, um, you know, there's there's kind of ongoing voiceover, but basically what we see in the first maybe as many as five minutes of the movie um, is we see this, like, loving relationship between mother and daughter um, that also entails watching the daughter get to somewhere, it looks like, in her teen years, um, and then mm-hmm. become quite ill and eventually die. Um, And so, as we said, if there weren't aliens in this movie, I would be out already. It's depressing. (laughs) Like, I would be (laughs) like, how did did someone trick me to watch this movie about how shitty real life is? I don't watch movies like this. um, Exactly. I don't want to. if, If a movie says in its description... This is the compelling tale of the love of a mother has for her daughter. I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> well, I remember seeing I remember seeing a movie. I feel like I like it, but I remember I feel like both you and mom were maybe I'm mis- misremembering, but both of you were annoyed by it because you were like, I feel like I was tricked into seeing the a Family Stone death movie. <laughs> Exactly. A mother death movie when all I wanted was a Christmas movie. Correct. I don't want a mother death movie. I, have, I want Christmas. And yeah. I have never watched The Family Stone again. And I don't care. Really? Never. And I don't care that, like, it's on numerous, like, Christmas movie lists. Like, I'm like, get fucked. It's not a Christmas movie. It's <laughs> fucking depressing. I watch it Oh, of course you watch it, it, I like, watch it every year. nine times a year. Like, it's your favorite. I do. I love it. I, I really like it because I also like it because it's, like, New England-y and there's a character sure. named Amy in it who's a bitch. Like, I like all that stuff about it. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, I get it, but, like, I do like it. No, oh, wait, I am so... question about this movie. Oh, though. okay, go on. I, I'm still feeling a certain amount <laughs> I mean, of, we can... I'm feeling like the flames <laughs> on my face, like Madeline Kahn, enraged by thinking about the Family Stone and how it tricked me, like, 18 years ago or whatever year that movie came out. But I It was a long time ago. I'm gonna, like, let it go, and you can ask your question about this movie. 
That's so funny. I'm glad I remembered that correctly because, you know, my memory <laughs> fails me sometimes. But, um, oh, my first thought in this movie, or f- first question then thought, where is does she is she where is she living? Where is that house she lives in? Oh, Do they explain that ever? They don't explain it. They don't make it clear precisely like where the college is that she's teaching um or yeah. where like uh the house is. Yeah. But I think I actually saw this on one of the things, but I'll look again. I think it's somewhere unsurprisingly in Canada. Um Oh, I was going to say Pacific Northwesty. It does look, but um, I thought it also looked quite, like, especially when there's that shot of, like, through the window looking out at the bay. Um, yeah. That looked a lot like a friend of mine's family cabin in Maine. So it's kind of, like, got that just, like... Oh, interesting. Rustic wild. Yeah, so the filming locations are all around um, Quebec in Canada. Um, okay. And so, oh, and actually quite a lot is in Montreal. So like that university, all the university shots are at the um, University of Montreal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, what I will say is I want that house. (laughs) Oh, it's a great house. I love that house. It's great. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but it, like, I think it's one of those things where I think in real life I would love that house, but they shot it to look quite stark and kind of. They made it look sad. Yeah. Um, Yes. And it was like every time she was in it, it was like she was just like sappily looking out the window. But like preparing for the the woman in the window. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) And I mean, but I just thought it looked real nice. Like and it also is. Anyway, I like real estate in movies. And I like that. I know we've talked about how you like to and especially I think (laughs) you love I think we're now determining not only do you like what looking at real estate in movies, but like specifically you like a big long wall of window. That seems to be a real fave. For it's you. so funny. It's so funny because I do, and yet in real life it makes me real uncomfortable. For like sure. I love it in yeah. theory. Yeah. But I've also seen too many movies where people like break through those windows. And also in this one, she's in that like big wall of windows. If I was living somewhere and like there's an alien invasion. I don't want a big wall of windows. Yeah. I don't want to be in a bunker. Like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so. Yeah. I do love big walls of windows. There's some downsides. <laughs> there are some downsides. So the final little wrap-up of this opening gambit is we keep hearing um, Louise say, but now I'm not so sure I believe in beginnings and endings. And that will come to be the kind of overarching narrative of this story which is that time um, and its perception uh, is different. Like humans perceive time as linear and only moving forward, um, whereas the aliens that they encounter in this movie have a very different perception of time. So that we will see what that means yeah. later. And that messes me up, I'll be honest, because <laughs> I am quite I am quite linear in my perceptions of the world and when things are not linear I do tend to be confused and this is also a bit of a departure from what we've talked about even like last week um this is not a time travel movie like no um but this is about the perception of time which is a bit different you know, like, so yeah, yeah. whatever, like, familiarity and, like, skill sets you have from watching a time travel movie, it will not necessarily help you with this movie. Yeah, and I um, don't have those skills, really. I'm usually confused <laughs> in time travel movies. Fair enough. Um, so we cut to regular life, let's say. Louise comes into her classroom. I wasn't sure if it was implied that, like, there were fewer kids that day in class. Yeah. I was it looked like hardly anyone was there, but I'm not sure if that's usual or not. Um I know, I was like, is it was this her class suck or something? Yeah. Like, well, and end. I was curious to actually hear whatever lecture she was planning to give because she says, like, today we're gonna talk about why Portuguese sounds so different from other romance languages. And because I speak Portuguese and Spanish, aka other romance languages, I was like You should look up I her would like lecture. to know <laughs> what the difference is because it does sound really weird and I am 
curious about this. But, you know, joke's on me. I will never know the answer to this, apparently. Um, Okay, here's my first question about linguists. Oh, boy. Let me get my Wikipedia page up on the off chance I can answer this question. (laughs) To be a linguist, Mm -hmm. must you be multilingual? I think probably. Okay. Let's see. Like... Um, This doesn't... I mean, if you're looking like a Wikipedia, it might be more like the study of linguistics is this. But, like, I'm right. just curious. Like, I didn't there, maybe there, we don't have the answer because we're not that. But I, like, think you, I think it's typical that you would speak at least yeah. a few. Um, and Because you're studying all languages in one. And, well, and, like, and in fact, just, um, like, uh, oh, yeah, so... Comparative linguistics is comparing different languages to each other. Mm. Um, And this is basically, Mm. that's one of the first, according to this, this is one of the first types of linguistics that emerge um, as a discipline. And that is creating language families. So like the fact that we have romance languages, is that's a language family, you know, like. um, Yeah. And so... And also because I'm in a university, I've like run across linguists before and I get the impression that oftentimes people have like uh, a space that they kind of um, sit in, like maybe they're good at Asian languages, Uh maybe they're good Mm -hmm. at um, like Middle Eastern languages, but you know, like, so they have kind of like a wheelhouse. that they operate yeah, and I, from. Yeah, and I wonder if there's even ones that are like like um, experts in English, yes. for example. Yeah, like, yeah. Where like, because there's obviously regionalisms. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like knowing all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so from this web, uh, from Wikipedia, it looks like there's a variety of different kind of things you can do because... On the one hand, you can do like looking at different languages and and kind of studying a language internal to itself. So like its grammar, its um, spelling, its the mm-hmm. you know like the syntax, the semantics, like all these elements. Like you could just spend your time studying at language and doing that. Only yeah yeah right yeah um, or. You could do comparative linguistics where you're comparing different languages to each other. Maybe you're even comparing different language families to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so or I think... Or maybe you're dabbling in a whole bunch of different, like, areas. I mean, because yeah. what it sounds like, for example, in her case, what I gather from... She's, like, a very special linguistic right. person, linguist. Um, so, <laughs> um, my... Hmm. So I don't, I can't quite tell from this uh, Wikipedia page, but so I think she's, there is like a subset of linguists where what their work is, is about um, understanding new languages, right? Like, and coming up with a means of how to how to sort out when you encounter a language for the first time, like what's going on, you know? Um, because okay, that makes sense as to why she would be used for this. <laughs> right. Cause like in, in fact, like, let's see. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so basically some of the first kind of studies of linguistics were precisely that um of Mm. trying to develop grammars and rules for newly encountered languages um because this is all happening in the context of um european colonization um and so Mm. europeans are going out into the world um and encountering all these different languages which they have no scope for understanding really um yeah and so and as well, it's like 
Increasingly, you don't want to be dependent upon a translator or guide. You want to be able to engage with this language on your own. And so original or like one of the earliest types of um, kind of academic efforts at linguistics is about um, figuring out new languages um, and Hmm, creating, creating the means through which you could translate um, between them and then presumably also how you might teach those languages such that people, you know, um, so she, Mm -hmm. I don't, and I can't quite tell what that might, like what that discipline or subset of the discipline would be called now. Um, perhaps it is comparative Mm -hmm. linguistics. Um, but that does seem to be where her expertise lies um in trying to fit okay kind that of, makes sense why they yeah. would yeah yeah so okay. um they're in this classroom it seems empty maybe she's just a really crappy teacher who knows um but then <laughs> uh one of the students says can you put on the news and they do and I thought, like, the, sh- the way this was shot, I thought was really interesting because we don't actually see the news footage that they're watching. We hear the commentators, but what we actually see is the camera is showing her face and her students' faces, like, their reactions to this information mm-hmm. rather than um, the newscast itself, which I thought was an interesting choice because it actually, what it does is it kind of saves the reveal of what the spaceship looks like for quite a while. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, here we learn straight away that um, there are a total of 12 ships that have landed at varying parts of the Earth, and there doesn't seem to be any particular, like, significance to their their landing places. Um, We see kind of almost immediately... There is chaos emerging out of this. Like the students watch this broadcast and then the fire alarm goes off and they all evacuate campus. Um, And when Amy Adams gets home, uh, she's talking on the phone with her mom. And she, she says like, mom, you need to stop watching that news channel. They're all idiots. And I was like, okay, I I think I know what channel she might be watching. Um, (laughs) So then this was, this I thought was really striking. So we, that like is like day one of when the aliens mm-hmm. arrive. I'm not sure if it's exactly necessarily the following day, but it's sometime after uh, we see a shot of campus completely empty, but Louise is still in her office doing work. Yeah, no, okay. Now see what I thought happened here. <laughs> I thought we were going in another direction. I thought that she was like some type of lone survivor because she was out oh, in that no. like secluded. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And no. like she was just like walking and thinking not knowing she was a lone survivor. Oh, That's what boy. I thought for a bit. No, she is just there because she's a workaholic is what I would say. Um and in fact <laughs> yeah. it was it was actually very it reminded me of what happened to my campuses. Um, in the pandemic, that it was just like yeah, totally. Everyone's gone. One um, day, everyone leaves. Yeah, left. and this yeah. and this whole complex of buildings where normally like hundreds and maybe even thousands of people are tramping through every day. Mm-hmm. Done. You're gone. Just like, empty. Yeah. Um, and I and though I didn't do much of this um, in the early pandemic, I think probably it, it, to me it seemed very accurate for an academic. To like keep showing up to the office, even though no one else is around, you know, <laughs> like just, mm. you know, I'll, the world is ending, but I'll keep working, I guess. Um, <laughs> Cause that someone needs to read this article I'm doing about like syntax you gotta figure out this. <laughs> and morphology. So I got to just write this article um, in the mean. So as she's sitting there, um, Colonel Weber, so that's Forrest Whitaker uh, shows up. And it's not totally clear. We know that they've worked together before. Um, And it sounds like she's maybe done some translations for him in the past. 
And uh, he's like, can you, I have something that I'd like you to listen to um, and let me know what it means. Um, and she's like, this is, this is them, right? You know, like this is this alien stuff. And he was like, I, I can't comment on that. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so he plays her a recording of some sounds that these aliens have made. Um, and she's like, I, I can't really do anything with that. Um, I need to see what they look like. Uh, I need to have a better understanding of like what they're doing to be able to translate anything. And he's like, well, that's just like completely off the table. Uh, you won't be able to do that. And so he leaves and she's like, you're going to see so-and-so, um, one of her kind of colleagues, probably slash competitors. Um, and he's like, yeah. And it didn't really make much sense to me, but she's like, ask him uh, a translation of how uh, what the Sanskrit translation for war is. And I didn't, because then like it cuts to basically um, Colonel Weber comes back in the middle of the night to take her away to like the alien right. landing site. And I was like, I didn't get how her translation of Sanskrit for war was like more compelling than this other guy's. Um, but I guess it doesn't super matter. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so instead, uh, she's picked up in a helicopter and she's introduced to Ian. So that's Jeremy Renner, who Ian mm -hmm. is a theoretical physicist. Um, and he's been, so both she and him have been selected to be part of a team and their main goal is that they have to develop a way to ask a series of questions of these aliens that are primarily about like, are you here to kill us? <laughs> Basically. Right, right. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh... As we're learning this, uh, we're seeing them fly to Montana, or what's supposedly Montana, where this ship has mm -hmm. landed. Um, we see an overhead shot of, like, and I did think this was interesting, like, the road leading up to this military encampment, encampment is, like, totally chock-a-block filled with cars. Like, everyone has come mm -hmm. to try and see this to ship see. or to get some information or whatever. And this is when we finally... Okay, here's, oh, here's my question. Yeah. Okay, yeah. If this were happening, if they were like, aliens have landed, mm -hmm. this, this, and this, and they're in Montana right. at this particular site, which I feel like, See, I also... You might I don't know. I don't know that that would ever be announced. Yeah. But if you had that information, would you... What, would you be driving to Montana trying to see no. them? No, I would be driving. Yeah, I don't think I would either. To whatever the furthest location away from that would be. That's yeah, where I, I would so be too. going. Um, I, I just think so too. And I mean, I know in this movie, they they've landed in all different parts of the world, and it's right. like there's probably nowhere to like fully be safe escape from them. The yeah. idea of it. But maybe I'd go to like an island. Like they say, there's one in Greenland. Maybe I'd go to Iceland. Yeah, I think what I would try and do, and this is per, when we see subsequent news clips, like, people start losing their shit as a result of this arrival. <laughs> and I think yeah. what I would aim to do is, now this is unfortunate, because Montana would normally be a great place to go. Um, yeah. But I would go somewhere a bit less peopled. And yeah, yeah. Just be like, let's wait I know, That is out. why Montana is... Yeah, that is why Montana is a bummer that that's where they are at because the, all all those places up north in the middle there are some of the good like hiding out places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check out our next episode where we will continue our discussion on arrival. We will see you next week in space. Ooh. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.